Can you imagine driving a million dollars in revenue in your first few months of operation of your brand new startup business? Well, my guest today did exactly that. Josh Hodson Pillar from Juno. He was able to generate an insane amount of revenue early and they eventually in the next few months got to 5 million. So he knows how to drive quick wins. And then what he did is went out and got funding so that they can fuel their growth even further. So if you want to know how to get launched, get a ton of quick wins, and then get the funding so you can scale even more, you're going to love this. And Josh has a ton of energy. He delivers a lot of value. Check it out. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, welcome. This is Sastery in the Making. I am Matt Wallach. I'm your host. I am so delighted to have you here with us. Thank you for coming. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, thanks for listening on the podcast channels. This is going to be a fun one. I am super excited to introduce my special guest, Josh Hodson Pillar. Josh, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So glad to have you here. And let me make sure that I tell everybody about you, Josh. Josh is the CEO at Juno. And Juno is a single destination SaaS platform for community, events, and learning. This software creates transformational experiences and drives results with gamification, human interest modeling, AI, monetization, matchmaking, video streaming, and analytics tools. It is really, really cool. I can't wait to dive in and learn more. He's also the founder and brand champion at CrowdHub. So when it comes to growth and understanding ways to do that, Josh is really, really knowledgeable. I can't wait to learn from him. Once again, Josh, thanks for coming on the show. You bet, man. Excited to be here and uh, get after a little bit talking about growth and engagement and all the fun stuff. That is super fun stuff. I agree. I think we're aligned there. But first things first, just tell me what's been going on with you lately and what do you have coming up? Man, it's been a busy season. Um, So we just closed our Series A. So we're excited about that. So we just closed that that round and and we're thrilled. It was an incredible journey to go through uh, that process. Uh, It was, boy, incredible learnings to sit with some of the the biggest VCs in the world and and learn to pitch them and learn to work through that. That was an incredible experience, but we just closed it. Uh, we're now looking to hire a, a chief revenue officer uh, to, to really expand the business to where we want to get to. Um, so uh, main focuses of getting that right person in, just finished the round and uh, just got back from 12 days on the road to various cities at different conferences, um, just, just wow. work in the Juno world. So it's been fun. I love it. Tell us more about Juno. What exactly is that product? How exactly does it help? Yeah, you know, it was an interesting uh, situation that happened to me. Uh, I've been in the startup uh, world now for a lot of years. I've I've started and sold multiple companies. I'd never raised before either. So that might be Mm -hmm. something interesting to talk about. But I built some bootstrap software companies, sold them, kind of stayed in that lifestyle, uh, you know, get up to several million dollars, under 30 employees, sell do it again. Um, so this was a new interesting, but what happened was uh, pre-pandemic, run a couple different software companies, even a production company and pandemic hits. And several of our clients said, Josh, we don't want another software platform. We're using you for community or learning engagement. We don't want another platform. Can you get into virtual? Uh, man, Matt, little did I know what I was getting myself into, um, <laughs> which the, the, the Juno story is is one worth telling. But jumped into virtual, launched into it, 
And, but, it, but it hit me. I'm like, man, who the heck wants to buy five or six platforms? You know, if you look at the marketplace, it's like, this is our LMS. This is our community platform. This is our app. Now this is our virtual platform. And to me, our customers were telling me what the future wanted. Uh, it was, we want a single place, a single user experience for my employees or my members to come in and go, I can get credentialed here. I can experience new courses here. I can engage in, in community here. I can do my virtual here. So that's what Juno did. It took all of our tech from CrowdHub that we've been building over 10 years for companies like HP, the United Nations, Visa, and bring it into now a virtual world so your audience can have a single destination for your digital engagement. I love it. That sounds so amazing. I want to ask because a lot of people struggle in those early days. What did you guys do in those early days to kind of get the word out and make sure that people knew that this was a solution that could help them? Yeah. So, you know, in my experience in starting companies, um, there is no one way of doing anything. And anybody that's like, oh, I know how to do it, like run for the hills uh, because <laughs> you are always going to have to pivot and learn. But I will tell you this, um, the Juno story, I'll give you the, the quick arc of the Juno story because it really yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Film. It'd be great. So June or I'm sorry, uh, March 2020, a couple clients said, hey, can you get into virtual? I call my business partners. I go, guys, I think we should spin up another company. Uh, new co, kind of wrap everything in. Another, you know, Why don't we try to grab like a million dollars in business over the next few months, just kind of see what happens. So we, we designed through the summer and I start to kind of think, you know what, this thing's going to be bigger than probably I want to self-fund. So I called a, a friend of mine who was a portfolio executive at Insights Partners. And Insights Partners is the largest software-only VC. And wow. I said, Colin, I think I want to raise. And he'd known me. He'd actually been a client of mine before. I said, hey, I think I want to raise. And he said, listen, Josh, nobody's going to want to give you money until you have at least a million dollars in bookings. Call me when you get a million dollars in bookings. So I said, all right. So we, 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 we launch uh, October of twenty. And within 90 days, we have a million dollars in bookings. Not what? Within, within wow, 90. that's huge. Dude, it was nuts. So I called, called him back up. I said, hey, we got a million dollars in bookings. And he said, all right, I'm going to connect you to two guys. One of them was the original founder of Insights Partners, Jerry Murdoch. And another one was a guy named Walter Scott, who was a portfolio CEO for Insights. Jump on the, the, the a video chat with these guys and the negotiations begin. How much do you want? What the, what's the valuation? Now, you got to remember, Matt, I've never raised. I've self-funded everything. And now I'm sitting here with sure. the founder, co-founder of Insights Partners, the, a $25 billion fund. And this dude's an Aspen. And he's, I mean, the energy's going. He's an incredible guy. I tell him what I want. He tells me I'm crazy and basically hangs up the, 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 <laughs> the uh, virtual meeting on me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just blew my first big pitch. He oh, emails me three hours later and goes, well, what's the deal? What are we going to do? So long story short, they give me three and a half million dollars, like straight away. We get three and a half million dollars in seed funding. We hire 58 people in 60 Whoa. days. Whoa. So, so check this out. We launch in August, October. We do a million dollars by the end of the year. By the end of February, I've now hired, we have a total of 64 employees on this company that has only launched four or five months ago. Wow. I don't know any of these people. They're from all over the country. What I did have was a set of seven values that I said we're all going to live by. We call them the seven E's and they're our seven E culture. 
And I said, whoever comes on board, all I can tell you is this is how we're going to behave these seven ways. Things like energy and in well and all these fun things that, that I just believe in. I so love it. within 2021, we do another $5 million in revenue. So now we're $6 million. Wow, it's huge. Yeah, within whatever that is, 16 months. And it's bananas. But here's the, the, the thing I'll say about explosive growth. Number one, you'll never be able to predict it. So just get that out of your mind. And I think that's important because I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves for explosive growth. And I think somebody just needs to tell you, you can't predict it. Mm -hmm. You can't buy it. I mean, you see all these businesses that throw so much money at things that because you want to, right? And you want to deliver all these values. And, and, and listen, I, I'm sitting with shareholders now and they're going, what can you predict? And I was like, I can predict nothing. And, <laughs> and, and they get frustrated, but it's also, there's also a truth behind that. But I will say this. Um, I knew we were going to have explosive growth if, and I think you can say that. So when I say you can't predict, you can't, but I will say this. There are accelerators that you can have, but they're really hard to get. So our accelerator was, I told these, these two guys, Walt and Jerry, I said, guys, if I can land this deal with PCMA, it's the largest event planner association on the planet. So they have 8,000 event planners that all belong to this association. And this association is telling them where the future is going to go. I said, if we can land that deal, we're going to be in trouble because we're going to grow faster than we're going to be able to handle, but I'm going to go try to close it. So my, my, my advice to founders is you need accelerators that have earned the trust of a marketplace. And then you need to go win with them. So accelerators are super important. I got a big personality. I can win individual deals over, but, but individual people don't scale. I always, you know, say this, like personality can get you to the door but process will get you through it. And so, so essentially I, what you're saying, I just want to make sure I understand yeah. is you sell to a partner who has the distribution, who has the connections, who has others who they can bring in because there's only one Josh, but you know, they have connections to everybody in the industry. Yeah. So there's those two things, right? So there's the accelerators, which is yeah, channels, right? That says, Hey, I've got those distributions. I've got the trust of a, of a, of a vertical, and so you need them to speak on behalf of for you. So you need, and it's not just a channel, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an authority. It's an authority in the space. So yep. it says, so there's, there's channel partners, which says I can turn you on to a bunch of things. Then there's really the accelerator that says I have the authority in this channel. So mm -hmm. think about those layers, right? Of, of yes, you need channels, but you need authority in those channels. So when we got that, man, it went bananas. Next thing you know, within 21 we were hosting um, the World Health Organization's virtual summit across four continents. Now, wow. remember, I don't know any of these people that work for me. They don't know me. I don't know them. We don't know the space. We've never done it before. But because of that PCMA event, we're, we're hosting the National Basketball Association referees development, um, the Gates Foundation. We're hosting. Wow. It, just, it was bananas with all these people I don't know. So my advice is, Find an authority in a channel, have a set of values and behaviors, even more importantly, that a group of people can say, this is how we behave. So you, you kind of see these like there's the tactical business side, which is the authority in the channel. Then there's the, there's the EQ personal side that says when everything else is falling apart, 
when everything else is going weird, this is how we behave. And so those are some of the things that really begin to help us build our company. And we continue down that path of who's the next authority in a channel and how do we make sure that the people we bring into our organization understand the way we behave. And so those started to become the pillars of the way we begin to grow Juno. I think it's fantastic. I love that you've kind of created a foundation. You didn't just guess. You didn't just hope that it would work. You set up a process. You had a foundation. You knew the type of culture that you wanted to to you know, live within yeah. the organization. You want to hire for culture. Tell me what were 60 people or whatever you hired in 60 days. It's crazy. What were some of those people? What were the roles, the types of jobs that they would be doing? Yeah. So, um, we had to scale everything because we literally, we were getting 30 requests a day by huge organizations, not like, you know, birthday parties and bar mitzvahs, you know, virtual, sure. we're talking like, the biggest of big world glaucoma, the NBA, you know, major wow. hospitals. So we had to, we had to learn an entire industry, Matt. I mean, we had never done this before. So we're, we're building tech. So how do you stream and, and how do you like integrate all these different streams that are coming in from all over the world? How do you put in the, the so developers, um, client success, um, uh, front end, back end developers, all these different things that we, we wow. had to build a software platform overnight that could serve and compete against the uh, groups that had been doing this. Cause this, it wasn't like this didn't exist before it did exist before. So they're going, what kind of, can we have front end tools? Can we change, um, this workflow? Can we change this image? Um, how, how does your chat, have all these different things. Do you have moderation, moderation tools, all these different things that are going on. So tons of developers, tons of uh, client success support. How do you support across four continents overnight? Hmm. You know, you're overnight launching global virtual event things. So we're, man, we're hiring people in Europe. We're hiring people on the, on the East coast that can manage some of these things. So, I mean, and then sales, I mean, all these calls are coming in what are we doing here? Right. So we're trying to basically order takers. Cause no, there was at this point in time, there was no, you didn't have to go hunt. You just had to be able to explain when somebody got on, let me show you Juno. So we were hiring sales wow. reps, front end developers, client success, it people. How do you manage in it infrastructure and security across all these continents? Uh, the NBA is like, Hey, we need to stream to China. How can you get us into China? I have no idea how to get into China. I mean, that's one of the cool things. I mean, that's what I love about startups. You have to figure it out. Let's just make this happen. Dude, it was unbelievable. It was, wow. it was the, uh, and, and I'm telling you, it wasn't all great. I mean, if, if we had days to talk, I mean, I had a massive panic attack on father's day. I thought I was oh, dying. No. We, we turned over seven or eight employees within a six week period because they were having panic attacks and nervous breakdowns. Jeez. I mean, it, there's a whole side of this story that, you know, you, you listen, you go, oh, I want that adventure. I want that ride of, you know, mm. raising $15 million and 60 employees. And uh, it wasn't all beautiful by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure. Let's talk about the fundraise, though. So you realize yeah. you need funding. You hadn't done it before. What what was new to you? What what did you say? Wow, I, I wouldn't have guessed that this would be part of this process. Um, When you go to raise money, you have to win over analysts. And analysts have never started anything, mm -hmm. right? They're they don't have an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial vibe. 
Dude, sure. I can tell you, I sat because of who our seed investors were, I got to sit and pitch the biggest VCs in the world. And what I found was the managing directors loved me. They were like, this guy's awesome. Like his energy and his vision. I mean, the analysts didn't. I had to learn how to sell to an analyst. Mm, interesting. And so what they would say is, and one of the things I learned was analysts want to solve the problem. They don't want you to tell them how to. So if, if you're listening to this and you're, and you're raising money, what you've got to do is begin to explain something just enough that the analyst solves the problem along the way. Because that's what mm -hmm. analysts do, right? They're cerebral, they're problem solvers, they're X and Y people. And so when you get on there and go, I'm going to explain everything you don't know, and I'm going to explain to you how everything works you don't give them the chance to solve the problem and they don't trust you. So wow. what they want to do is analytically work through your business and make sure that they can arrive at the conclusions. Cause ultimately what a managing director says is I'm not going to go against my analysts. That's why they're there. They're of there course. to protect the VC from hype, from energy, you know, from buying getting smoke. too emotional. Yeah. So I had to learn early on was like, dude, I got to like not be me in some ways and be very cerebral and analytical and walk through the business. Because mm -hmm. uh, And so that's the big thing I learned was how to sell an analyst. I, I love it. Uh, and it's something that it's something I coach. So a lot of you people out there listening, you know that I coach software founders and help them understand how to have amazing sales processes. And one of the things you have to do is cater your pitch, cater what you're talking about to the role. Mm -hmm. The role of the person that's on the line level and what they care about, what they're working for and what they you know, worry about is much different than a C-level person yep. who's much different from the finance person, much different from the IT guy. So you've got to make sure you adjust or what we call in our process, associate your solution to their specific needs and what right. they are going through. And so I love it. Like your managing directors loved you and they love the energy and they can see the vision but the analysts, they needed to understand as well. So you had to learn how to cater and associate to them. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And, and you know, you're not used to selling analysts, right? Because analysts don't buy. So if you're a CEO of a startup, you're selling to marketing, you're selling to maybe HR, and they're they're buying the product, and they they're buying you, and they're buying their trust of the company. An analyst is trying to solve a problem, which really is sales, right? I mean, you're, you're ultimately saying, hey, you've got to challenge your opportunity. This product or service is going to serve that. Um, but yeah, man, it was an incredible learning for me. That's so cool. What advice would you have for other software founders who are going out there trying to get some funds? Um, you know, it's funny. You have all these conversations with people and they say, you know, it is a marriage. So you got to find somebody that, that loves the space you're in. Um, that believes in the space that you're in. Um, I still think there's a massive value of get money from somebody that can help you grow. Mm. Um, you just do, you wow. want that help. You know, you want, you don't know what you don't know and you want them to open up doors. You know, during this season of time, money is going to be harder to get than it ever was uh, mm -hmm. during probably the next, who knows, 24, 36 months, hard to say. Um, so, you know, obviously you're going to take what you can get. But if you can find somebody that can help you grow your business, look, startups hard. I've done it for a lot of years in a lot of different verticals. And 
everybody thinks it's cool and it's, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and it's so rat sass. I mean, it's so cool. It's freaking hard, really, okay. really, really hard. And so if you can find somebody that wants to give you money that also like wants to help you go like one of my Walt actually joined our board and we meet every week and he just beats the crap out of me. Um, you know, I, I sent him a text. We just got done this conference. I was like, Hey man, we're rocking at the conference. And all I wrote back was rocking means deals closed. You, you know, it wasn't like, <laughs> to go. I mean, it was just rocking. Isn't being at a conference rocking is closing deals, but I appreciate that's the push, you know, and then you push that out. So if you can find somebody that can be in your camp and not just write you a check, um, but, but be in the trenches with you, there's a value to that. I totally agree. That's something I always looked for with investors is who's going to help us get to that next level, who can provide something we don't have currently. And I think that's super valuable. I'm glad you shared that. I do want to make sure we have time to share about virtual events because we're running out of running out yeah. of show here. But you know, with virtual events, why are virtual events so important? Why why should people be thinking about virtual events? So look, it's this simple, whether you like them or not, and and you know, you know, it doesn't really matter. We live in an and world now. And I always tell people that like, I don't want to do virtual, you know, you're trying to replace physical. No, you're not. You're never going to replace physical. Mm -hmm. um, and so physical is here to stay and virtual is here to stay. We live in an and world. And so what happens is entitlements, whether the government's given them or anything else, entitlements are hard to take away. And now an audience feels entitled to a virtual year round connection with the people that they like and care about. So mm -hmm. they're here to stay. We live in an and world. Um, we, you know, we, we did just fine without this. Well, we did just fine without social media, but now it's here. It's an entitlement. People want to connect this way. So we live in an and world. They're here to stay. I agree. What should founders be thinking of in terms of virtual events and when is the right time to do it at what stage? And you know, what, what are some of the best tips you have around them? Listen, start now. I mean, we use our platform as a lead gen funnel. We host virtual events on our platform. On a, we have our own Juno web uh, plant, a platform that we use virtual events just for lead gen. Beautiful. And so start now, host things. And if you can get a platform uh, that you can use as your lead gen funnel, um, then all of a sudden you, you know what people are interested in. You know what they're coming on. You can connect with them. So start a community, provide value. The more utility you can provide your customer, the more they're going to engage with you. So I'd say start now, use them. Why not? I mean, why not host something on Zoom or whatever you need to that's cheap or free to StreamYard, whatever, to get people engaged in your funnel? I think that's fantastic. I love it. Josh, this has been great. So much information, so much knowledge that you've been able to share with us. It's super, super cool. And I hope everybody out there has been able to soak it up. How can our audience learn more about you and Juno? Yeah, there's so much going on. I mean, you can go to, you know, junolive.com, check us out, follow, you know, join me on LinkedIn. I, I'm sharing stuff. We're actually launching a huge new leadership development project this summer called ReadyMe. And it's seven essential skills. It's a whole workbook I wrote and we're launching it with a big executive association uh, in August. So that might be something cool if people kind of are engaged in developing their own personal development. That's going to be coming out. So follow me on LinkedIn. Come hang out. That sounds amazing. And we'll put that link of your LinkedIn uh, into the box below. So if you're watching on the on YouTube, you'll see it down in the discussion or in the in the description. If you're watching or if you're listening, it'll be in the show notes. But this has been really, really awesome, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing everything. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me, man. The pleasure has been mine.
Oh, likewise. And everybody out there, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. You don't want to miss any other amazing innovators, creators, and leaders like Josh. So hit that subscribe button. That way you're going to get all the notifications for new shows coming out. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.